A word for today, Lions Down's daily podcast to help you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. Nothing could matter more. This isn't to replace your personal Bible reading and prayer, but rather encourage and help you in it. It's Thursday the 25th of February. Welcome back to a word for today. We're looking at 2 Peter chapter 3. And we've seen that Peter is now talking about the day of the Lord or the return of Jesus Christ or the day of judgment or the second coming, whatever we call it. It's the great truth that God has the last word. And he is warning us, firstly, against scoffers who will deliberately overlook this truth because they believe in a steady state universe, which uh, all evidence around them does indeed seem to support and they will overlook the past example of a global judgment brought about by God in which every part of air-breathing life perished. That's the flood in the antediluvian world. And then we saw how those scoffers ignore the future because of that. They will not take the future seriously, which means they will not preach the word of God seriously. I remember when I was at a theological college, the opening lecture that was given to the intake of new students, there were about, I guess, I don't know, 60 or 70 of us. We were quite a lot of uh, students. We had the senior New Testament tutor and the senior Old Testament tutor, uh, the latter explaining to us that the uh, Genesis narrative was wisdom, was written by a wisdom writer of the middle centuries of the Old Testament period, directly contradicting the Lord Jesus Christ who ascribed its authorship to Moses, and the New Testament writer telling us that uh, we shouldn't take two Peter too seriously, which is, of course, all about the judgment. Now, do you see what was going on there? God's bookends were being removed. If we can get rid of creation and we can get rid of judgment, then everything in between is playtime. We can say what we like. We can do what we like. We can license what we like. Since there is no ultimate reckoning, sin doesn't really matter. And we can then use the gospel in all the other this world causes that it is used for. So sadly, often, we're even within evangelicalism. But you see, Peter now turns to the Christian reader again and says, now, I don't want you to be like these scoffers. Let me read you from verse 8. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved. You see, he's speaking again with affection to the Christian church. He's saying those scoffers in verse 5 who deliberately overlook, he's saying do not be like them in verse 8. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. He's saying in effect there, forget human timescales. God is the self-existent source of all things. It is ridiculous if we try to understand God in terms of time, which is something that he himself created. We are creatures of space and time, but God is the self-existent source who has always existed and will always exist. He, is, uh, he inhabits eternity. And so we cannot possibly... Um, uh, measure God in any way. It's just uh, ridiculous and presumptuous of us to do so. And then he goes on to say, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach 
repentance. You see, if we do think the uh, return of Christ, the day of the Lord, is slow in coming, what is the reason? What is it that is holding back the return of Christ? Is it uh, God's weakness? Is God impotent to make it happen quite when he wants it to happen? Or is God negligent? Or is God simply forgetful? Or is he just not very concerned? No, you see, the reason given in verse 9 for this apparent slowness in the return of Jesus Christ, which, by the way, is imminent and could happen at any time, is because God is patient. He is long-suffering, that means he is forbearing. You see, this time is a loving provision of an opportunity to humankind to hear the gospel and believe. I said earlier that the church age is the age of scoffers, not exciting new charismatic revelations. But it is also the age of the gospel. For apart from Christ, there is no hope, but only condemnation and unrelieved punishment for those who have not accepted the means that God has provided through the crucified Jesus Christ to come into relationship with him. And God there is presented as longing for every single person. It's an insight into the heart of God, isn't it? Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. By the way, if you use the gospel to bring an end to poverty, that doesn't require repentance, does it? If you use the gospel to promote fair trade, that certainly doesn't require you to repent. If you use the gospel to uh, bring about environmental justice, as I understand it's now called, you don't have to repent for that. If you use the gospel to promote Christian values or to provide ethical guidance or to foster community coherence, you don't need repentance to do those things. No, but God wishes all to reach repentance because repentance is what leads to faith in the gospel and what? The forgiveness of sins. That's what knowing about the day of the Lord focuses us on. That's why it's so important that we should remember that this day of the Lord really is coming. Peter goes on to say that in verse 10, which we'll look at tomorrow. Please return and, and hear what God the Holy Spirit has to teach us tomorrow. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for that insight into your loving heart that you are patient, that you do not wish any to perish, but that all should reach repentance. Please, Father, would we love your gospel and share it with the world around us because we know that your day is coming, that great day of judgment. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A word for today, helping you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. This podcast was brought to you by Lionsdown at lionsdown.org.